Halo's getting ray tracing, Windows getting more ads, and we've got a lot of questions to answer. Happy Friday, friends. It was a, it was an interesting week because, well, there were some big-ish announcements. It was a little bit quieter in some aspects, and also we got some Halo news at an unexpected location. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. I did. It's Friday. It's always good to be on a Friday. We've got beautiful weather here in Cincinnati, and so hopefully the weather is good wherever you may be located. So let's just dive into the news. Windows Server vNext it has a new insider preview. I, I still am curious about who runs Windows Server in an insider program, but I'm sure there's somebody. Anyways, there's, there's a new ISO out build 25236. If you really want to be uh, playing around with that, there you go. Uh, there's a new insider build of Windows 11, which I suspect quite a few more people are actually running, 25231. And so there's a hilarious bit of irony in this build because in this release, there's a dedicated section for making your PC more energy efficient, which is great. I don't think many people are complaining about that. But the hilarity is, is that everything that's coming out of the PC market, you've got 13th gen Intel, you've got 4,000 series Nvidia chips, uh, and you've got some higher end AMD. All this stuff just consumes just a metric ton of power. Like it just, you're gobbling up the, the electrons and just absorbing all of them. And so yeah, Windows is trying to like, we'll be a little bit more energy efficient. Nvidia's over here like, we don't care at all. Like let's just burn the planet down with their thousand GP, your thousand watt requirement for the power supply effectively if you want a 4090. And if you toss in an Intel 13th gen, uh, the, the high end SKUs of those, any of the higher end SKUs. Yeah, you need your own wind farm. So either way, um, that is available. Uh, you can also now enable a hidden task manager search feature inside of Windows 11. So task manager is very important. I get a little nervous when they start messing with task manager just because we need task manager to work. It just needs to work because if you're in task manager, more than likely you're trying to bail out your PC from tipping over and crashing. And so you can now search and hopefully that doesn't have any negative impact on Windows 11. Uh, stat counter, a bit of interesting news came from out of stat counter. Basically, a year after Windows 11 has released, it's at about 15% adoption rate. And that's lagging way behind just about everything else that has ever released. And the question becomes, why? Well, you, you can't ignore the fact that, hey, they, they really raise the baseline requirements. As an example, the PC that I'm recording this video on, or audio if you're listening on the audio podcast, is not capable of technically running Windows 11. It's like, I believe, Core i7-7700K, which is a, a great chip. I have, not, I mean, I'm recording this, but it's not allowed to run Windows 11. And so I think that's a big reason why we see that adoption slower. Also, candidly, Windows 10 is pretty darn good. I don't, unless you really, really don't like the way Windows 10 looks, then maybe Windows 11's for you. But at the end of the day, the, the feature set of Windows 11, there are some notable things worth upgrading for, but not a lot. And again, if you're on Windows 10, and you're happy and you think of windows as an appliance like many 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 people do uh then yeah then why upgrade so speaking of windows 11 there was an interesting uh, uh, like job requirement spotted online about bringing more ads into windows 11 now this is already dicey because there's ads already in windows 11 you may not think of it but the widget panel is full of ads for msn content there's actually msn content on your taskbar and those are all things that get you to see more ads we all know about the candy crush and the things getting shoved into the start menus and all that sort of good stuff but there's also this lower end segment of the market and microsoft is looking to see if they can find a way to use advertising to help offset some of the costs for their low-cost PC models available via subscriptions. 
This is something that Microsoft is exploring. I know that it's not new, but they had a, another job opening that listed out specifically trying to figure out how to make PCs less expensive by using ads and subscriptions and everything else. And it's like, eh, yikes, like, let's just, let's, let's, eh. The, the frustrating thing is all roads lead to ads. You eventually just say, how do we extract more money out of the platform that we have established? Ads. Apple is doing the same thing in its app store. They got a lot of blowback for that. Microsoft is, is never held back from this. It started, it's been going on for multiple generations. At least it's Windows 8. I'm sure Windows 7 had something. I'm sure it did. Trying to hold back a yawn there. So, either way, all roads lead to ads, and there you go. Uh, speaking of all roads lead to somewhere, just kind of, so, what spurred this is that the PlayStation announced their PlayStation VR 2 headset coming, and somebody just tweeted, it's like, what if you could plug this into Windows? And it's like, well, they have Windows Mixed Reality headsets. And then I was like, well, what is the latest on the Windows Mixed Reality headsets? And well, it's not good. And so, first off, we haven't heard really anything related to Windows 11. If you go to the Windows Mixed Reality headset, it still re refers to the HP Reverb G2, if I remember correctly. And at the very top, they have a nice banner. And that banner says, hey, welcome to build, or sign up for build. Actually, Chris pointed that out to me on Twitter. If he's listening, which he might be, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he is. Either way, it says, like, sign up for build, which means this website is not getting a lot of attention or love or anything else like that. And so... I, we haven't seen any hardware announcements. Obviously, Oculus slash Facebook slash Meta slash whatever is doing their own thing. And yeah, so it looks like Windows Mixed Reality is kind of going the way of the Dodo. Uh, other things you can now test on Windows 11 is Google Play games are now available in the PC for the PC in the US and Canada and 11 other countries. So now you can play your Android games on your PC. This was announced and available previously on countries pretty much outside North America for the most part. And so that's why it is notable in this arrangement. So on to the gaming news, my friends. On to the gaming news because there's some interesting stuff related to Halo. So Xbox Game Pass, Return to Monkey Island, Pentiment, and Somerville and more are coming to Xbox Game Pass. Also, Microsoft is expanding the test of Xbox dashboard testers. So Microsoft announced a, uh, whatever we're calling it, the 2023 dashboard. They're going to redo it. They're redoing re it and hiding more of your wallpaper. It, it's really not a good review. Like, it's really not a good update. I am not a fan of what they are doing yet. I don't even know. I haven't, So I don't personally have this on my box because I don't run the insider on my one next gen or current gen Xbox. I need to get another one so I can, like, because of sacrificial lamb. The one thing I don't know, and the one thing that is most important, is is HDR enabled because that is still like this really frustrating thing. If they're going through this process of updating the dashboard, they better be adding HDR functionality so that when I switch to games, you don't get that pop up or whatever. Either way, I am not a fan of it, but it looks like Microsoft's just gonna kind of you know put fingers in their ear and just keep charging forward because that dashboard is now available to more people, more people inside the various rings of Insider program. So there you go. Uh, there's also a new Xbox Store notifications coming. This could be good or bad depending on how you look at it. So if you add things to your wish list or looking for specific sales, you can now turn on specific notifications that will highlight uh, when that game app or whatever is now available at a at whatever. So those are all on the insider stuff. That's not shipping to everybody yet. The most interesting thing in the gaming news side. So AMD held their RDNA 3 event yesterday where they announced the Radeon RX 7900 XTX and the Radeon RX 7900 XT. Now the XTX is a thousand bones, and the RX is 79 or 7900, uh, 900 bones. So you've got, whew, you've got a thousand dollar dues for the high end card, and 900 dollars for the almost high end card. So the only thing that matters here, the only thing that matters right now, 
is how does this compare to a 4090? Because obviously, if it competes even close, even close to a 4090, then AMDs should do pretty well because for obvious reasons, right? Like, they're, they're close. They're 500 bucks less. That's kind of what AMD has done. We haven't seen any third-party independent benchmarks, and that's the big deal. So this is all coming on December 13th, and we'll see these high-end GPUs. And we'll just I'm trying to temper my optimism that they will compete in the 4090 4080 range at least that's kind of how their pricing is laid out so we will see but the other super duper interesting thing that during their event they just casually dropped oh yeah we're bringing ray tracing to halo infinite in season three so season three drops uh in 2023 first half i believe and they showed off a screenshot and this is the screenshot sorry if you're on the audio this is the screenshot but you'll get the point so on the left, RT off, and on the right, RT on. I got to be honest, guys. I can't tell much of a difference here. Um, to, so ray tracing shows off really well and where there's like a dark space and then like a light beam coming through a window. And this is like, I, I don't understand how they chose this screenshot. They're like, oh, let's, let's show off a brightly lit, entirely fully lit environment that doesn't show off really the ray tracing bouncing at all and you can see maybe some better shadows maybe i don't even know if that's just placebo to be honest and so they showed off this screenshot another one and they don't they don't look great i will be very honest because i don't understand what they were trying to show here and anyway so ray tracing is coming in halo infinite season three but it was like halo's already suffered enough blows and to come out and just like there's nothing for people who can't see the screenshot. The screenshot looks absolutely fine in-game content, but what they they have like a line in the middle, RTF, or ray tracing off, ray tracing on, and it's very, I, I very hard to tell the difference if at all. Uh, and so they're bringing this, and ray tracing comes at a cost of performance, right? It, you, typically, you get better visuals, but you will get lower frames per second, and there's more overhead. So. The, every single comment basically with this image was posted was like, I'm turning, I would never turn this on. There's no discernible difference that makes this game any better. And it just seems like a wasted effort. And a lot of people, myself included, forgot that this was even happening. And so that's your first look at ray tracing on Halo. And that's, that is that. On to the questions of the week. The first question comes from Will and he says, Brad, do you think it is fair or enjoyable to have Call of Duty for Xbox Series X require users to have cross-play enabled while the game is amazing? I will never compete, never say never, with somebody that is running a, a tricked out PC gaming rig several years ago. Phil Spencer said, I'd never force this on people, et cetera, et cetera. And so curious, why is it not allowed to turn this off on the Xbox Series X? I don't know why they can't turn it off on the Xbox Series X. There's a, possibil a, a possibility that maybe it has something to do with Xbox and that infrastructure on the back end. That I do not know about. Now, the cross-play enabled, is this an issue? I, I have part of, I have I have mixed opinions. One, I believe the, the player should always be allowed to choose. They should always be allowed to choose, and that should be an option to turn it off. The second thing is is that, and to my dismay, is that Call of Duty, which I, I've played a lot of, I really like this game, except for the UI. The UI is a dumpster. Uh they have skill-based matchmaking, matchmaking or SBMM. And so this is kind of like the, the thorn in my constant side because if you have a good game, then you kind of get moved up this ladder. And then as you get moved up the ladder, you play against better people who are more than likely going to just 
kind of clean you up. And so it seems like as you get into those higher levels, you definitely run into more people on keyboard and mouse. And it really does get frustrating. Skill-based matchmaking, in theory, should solve this problem. That because there are bad people, or I shouldn't say bad people, people who, are, who do not have uh, high levels of skill playing on the PC, right? They're amateurs or whatever. They're not professional players or whatever. And those people should be allowed to play with Xbox people who are, you know, they match up. That makes sense to me that if you're, because not everybody on the PC is great. Not everybody has perfect game. Not everybody is an elite streamer on the PC. But I do agree that typically the PC, the aiming is a bit better. And they try to offset that with some aim assist on the controller. So it goes both ways. I do think it is frustrating that PlayStation can turn it off, but Xbox can't. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's early. It is early. Excuse me for that yawn. I'm not editing that out. We're just we're just rolling hot today. Uh, Mr. PKI comes in with a question. Are there any more popular games being released right now outside of Call of Duty? Call of Duty is clearly cleaning up. They already said it was their biggest launch uh, ever. And so um, we pretty much, I think, have to wait until next year, right? We have Starfield coming, which should be in the first half. It's interesting that they delayed Starfield. Did they delay Starfield because they knew Call of Duty was just going to clean up and they didn't want to compete against that? Or did Starfield truly need additional time? Of course, any game getting more additional time will eventually be good. And so we all know that famous saying from Nintendo. Um, but really, as, as Will points out, it says Warhammer 40k Dark Tide is coming to Game Pass in late November. Like that, that's maybe it. There's not a whole lot shipping this fall. Like Call of Duty really is kind of owning the market and uh, good, good for them. Good for them. Confused Geek says, so the Series S actually costs $500. Are you surprised by Xbox is taking such a big loss? I'm, and so I will be, I did not look at this question before. I'm not sure that the Series S costs 500 bucks. Microsoft would be taking double their loss on the price of the console, which is typically not something they would do. Now, 249 I guess, isn't exactly right, but um, I, if it is truly 500 bucks, I would be surprised that Microsoft is still paying that this far into the life cycle of the console. Typically, that would be like a launch price point where they would be willing to take that loss, but even 500 bucks seems quite high. I would bet that that's some, something doesn't make sense there, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, have, I haven't read into the Series S actually costing 500 bucks to make. Um, that, that feels tough. So... Uh, are you surprised by Xbox is taking such a big loss? If they are, then absolutely. Uh, I'm especially considering they push Game Pass that has slowed them down the making back the money. I don't think Game Pass is slowing them down. Um, I, I don't. I really don't because that's, well, I guess maybe. We don't see the challenges. We don't know what the royalty is on. So let's say you go buy Call of Duty, buy the disc, which is hilarious. Don't buy the disc because all it is is like a 75 meg file. It's just in a license entitlement. Don't buy it. Either way, when you buy a physical disc, for lack of a better term, Microsoft gets a percentage of that. Like, just to be able to put a game on Xbox, you have to give up X percent royalty. We don't know what that is. And so let's just say it's 10 bucks, and if somebody only buys one game, and then they buy Game Pass instead, Microsoft might actually come out ahead, potentially, in that scenario. It just kind of depends. So, uh, Migi says, we are on the edge of really difficult economic era that... that Yes, tend yes, potentially. We don't quite know yet. Uh, we're seeing layoffs on almost all tech companies. This is absolutely true. What is your advice for a young student who almost finished computer science engineering degree? Should I be worried? And on what field should I focus on expanding my knowledge? Um, so, one, do not worry about things that you can't control. Much, much easier said than done. Much easier said than done. Uh, it's just, just. If you can get through that and realize that, hey, make yourself as employable as possible. Things that will never go out of fashion. Data science, uh, Python is a big one. That's kind of how I got some of my start was Python and R, uh, doing fancy things in Excel. 
but that's way different than a computer science and engineering degree. My advice to you would be just don't stop learning. Figure out what you want to do. Cybersecurity is a massive field and will not be going anywhere anytime soon. These are the sort of things that you need to understand that if you want to go into them, now is now is a great time to start because you have uh, you have resources available. You also have time. Not everybody has time. And as you're beginning to graduate, understand where you want to point that compass and where you hope to end up someday. And, and honestly, if you have zero idea what you want to do in life, don't worry about it. I started out in accounting. I started out doing compliance audits in the financial sector of the of the world. And now I run a software division that builds awesome applications for Windows. Like, And I've gone through your career will move and flow. It just depends how you want to shape it. But my best advice to you is just focus on what you can control. Gain the most knowledge you can. Gain the most skill set. And be optimistic and open-minded. And that is the best way to get into a place. Because no matter what you do, no matter what you do, if you are coming out of school, you will be the greenest person probably on the team. And that's that's okay. That's to be expected. That's what entry level is for. And honestly, a computer engineering degree is a great degree to have going into this environment. And uh, Rob... Rob chimes in below that. He says, Python and data science are great. Front-end frameworks like Angular or React and data security are good to consider and learn. And so, you know, just the broader your skill set and then you can find a job that will help you hone in on a specific area. Uh, North of 49 says, with the international launch of Matter. Yes, this is actually really interesting stuff. I'm curious on your takes of which automation devices are useful versus those that are gimmicky or need more time to mature. I ask because I know you jumped early on the world of automation. Yeah, so I kind of... When the Amazon devices come, I don't even know if I have any online in my house anymore. I know it that'd be the only one. So we had Alexa devices all over and we kind of went in on that and played around with it. And then I immediately, after like a year or two, just ripped all that crap out of my house. Now, we still do have a lot of home automation. For example, we have thermostats. Uh, we have a lot of lighting is automatic. We also have a large window blind on our primary, like the largest window in our house. Um, we have a garage door. So like things that I think are really, the garage door is awesome. So as an example, first off, we, we it's the MyQ one. They're like the bigger player. I don't know if there's other ones out there. So MyQ, for perfect example, you can set a timer. So every night at 9 p.m., your garage door shuts. Or in my case, I have it set at like 9, 10, and 11. So in case I accidentally go out at 9.30, it will still shut automatically if I forget. The other nice thing too is that anytime it opens or closes, I get a push notification. So if I'm somewhere off and I know the whole family's gone and the garage door goes up, hey, I get a notification. Also, we also have some Nest cameras. Those tend to work pretty well. The reason why matter is important, the reason why matter matters, is matter is the common language that everything should be using going forward, which means that you can now choose one app to rule them all. And what I mean by that is so you can use Apple's Home app, you can use Google's Nest app or Google Home or whatever app they're going to put it into. But now, as, as a perfect example, today we have Philips Hue lighting in all in the Apple iOS app, but my Google Nest cameras, if I want to see them, I now have to go open the Nest app. And then I also have to go into and do that for the thermostat with Matter, you'll be able to put everything into a single app. And so Nest cameras will show up in iOS app, the home app, and same with the thermostat. And so these islands, these dynamic islands, just kidding, don't call them that, uh, of where you can control specific things should be going away forever. And so now you can just have your, your one app to control all your home stuff. So if I were to start, I had nothing smart in my house. I would start with lighting, like exterior lighting, get rid of those old, like I don't think they're called mercury timers, but just get rid of those old timers. Start with those, like the exterior lights I now have turn on 15 minutes prior to sunrise and then turn off uh, 15 minutes or 
15 minutes prior to sunset. And then I have them turn off 15 minutes after sunrise. And then it also coordinates with the time with the, the, the shade in my house. And so that's where I would start. And then the garage door is great. And then the cameras are just kind of like those things. We don't have any, it doesn't matter. The cameras are kind of a personal thing if you want to go that route. So there you go. That's a, a quick nutshell, I think, of the primary stuff that we have. And Mr. PKI ending the question of the week. Ending this one with a challenge, challenging question. With high-tech layoffs in certain areas, is that an indicator of where specific products or features may soon cut or be deprecated? So this is this is an interesting, this is like an economics style question, and I'm going to take it a little bit more of a macro level. Perfect example, Stripe which is a company that has been very highly regarded and done very well. Now there's like 14% headcount and that's about a thousand people getting cut. And also Twitter is a whole different conversation, but Stripe, good example. In my opinion, a CEO should be looking six months out. Like that is like their purview. Like, right in my world at work, I look at my job is I'm looking one to three, like one to four one to three-ish months out to see what my team needs to be working on so that we can get the chess pieces in place so that we can go to market with an effective strategy. A CEO should be looking at three to six months out, if not even further. And so what people are really uncertain right, right now is the economy, right? There's the, the indicators are all mixed. So we have inflation that is very high. We have mortgage and interest rates that are very high for in relative terms. But then we're also still seeing job growth. So last month, there was like 229,000 people added to private payrolls, which is a healthy economy from that perspective. And so we're seeing this wage and inflation and everything else growth. And then we're also seeing job growth. But what we're waiting for and what everybody's assuming is that that job growth is just going to collapse and that we'll eventually starting seeing negative payroll numbers. And then we're going to head towards a, a, a slowdown. The question becomes, in my mind, are we headed towards a cliff or are we headed towards like just a gradual slow and sort of a just a, a market correction, not an 08 style cliff? That is a these are the questions we don't know. There's weird asset bubbles like car loans because people were buying car loans well above MSRP. And if they try to get out of them, they'll never be able to because they can't sell them for what they paid sort of thing. I don't think there's a there might and we're not going to see a housing market bubble like we saw in 08. While there could have been some inflation in housing prices, I, I don't think they're because interest rates were so low and they weren't those crappy 80 20 loans, all that stuff. Uh, so getting way off topic, I could do a lot of, lot of conversation about economics. So the question becomes like Microsoft laid off some people. Is that meaning that they're not going to be investing in that? It, it's not an unreasonable thought at, at anything. Like Microsoft came in and said, look, we cut half the Windows team. Well, then you would expect that service that Windows would be in a maintenance mode at that point. Inside the world of Microsoft, the layoffs have been pretty small. It's like a less than a thousand people on 220,000 strong organization, which is massive. And so from Microsoft's perspective, I don't think we got any good insight. Realistically, you got to be looking at Ignite and Build to see where Microsoft is investing. But then you can look at Twitter. It's like, well, Twitter's just trying to stay above water. Um, and so I think we're just going to see a, a slowing, da slowing down, a slowing down of those record profits that we just saw for quarter after quarter after quarter. And uh, yeah, I don't know. If I had a perfect crystal ball that told me exactly what was going to go on, then I would by now. Uh, <laughs> I've already won the lottery multiple, multiple times. And so this stage, will, this studio would be more of a stage and it wouldn't be so close to my water heater and my furnace and everything else. So there you go. There you go. Interesting week. Like I said, a lot of questions. As always, a lot of the questions. We had some Halo whatever and everything else. It was a little bit slower this week, although we are headed towards 
we, I'm waiting to see if Microsoft is going to come out with like any killer deals for Xbox this holiday shopping season. So far, we haven't really seen anything. We've seen the new Elite controllers dropping. We've seen them do some soft marketing approaches where like, hey, Xbox Series S and Game Pass are better together. And so we will have to wait and see if Microsoft has anything up its sleeve for around uh, Black Friday, that sort of thing. And uh, for now, you know, for now, we just got to hold on and wait. And for now, you should also just hit that subscribe button because the only BS on this podcast is me.